Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sheila Zelensky Show. Listen, you are in for a very compelling conversation, especially in light of all this conversation about Roe versus Wade. And I'm tired of hearing murder called reproductive rights. That is an abhorrent euphemism for butchering babies, and it's quite appalling. And here to join me today on an incredible topic and how this ties in with death and murder and abortion, here to join me is my good friend. She hasn't been back on the program for a while. We're going to talk about this fascinating topic called Sins Unto Death. And it is my friend Carla Butad, minister from Texas, joins me on this very compelling topic, Sins Unto Death. Get into that for us, Carla. Thank you for the opportunity to bring this word tonight. I know it's a it's a serious word. It's one that has been instrumental in helping many people connect the dots with problems in their lives. And what it's about is abortion, the spirit of abortion, deliverance from the spirit of abortion. Okay, I'm going to start in 20 of Leviticus. And tonight I want to start with the first few verses of, of Leviticus 20 because it is talking about child sacrifice, which is present-day abortion. But it's nothing new. It's been going on since the beginning of time. I will set my face against that man and will cut him off from among his people, because he hath given of his seed unto Moloch to defile my sanctuary and to profane my holy name. That's how God feels about abortion, any form of child sacrifice. Moloch that he's talking about was a god of the Canaanites and the Phoenicians, and it was to him they sacrificed their children. You know, the godless people are constantly doing things to appease their gods and get what they want by sacrificing. And they would bring their babies and lay their babies in the hands of that stone idol. God said that every first male that opens the womb, and in some places just said every child that openeth the womb belongs to God. It is the blessed one, the one the Hebrews bestowed blessings on their firstborn child. He had a special place in the family. And lots of times, Satan would, of course, want that firstborn son. So they would bring their firstborn sons and sacrifice their firstborn sons to this God or to Satan. Every God that is not our almighty God is Satan. And so these godless nations would take their babies and sacrifice. And so this is what this is talking about in this first, second, and third verse of Leviticus 20. And God hates it. And, you know, it's really interesting along in history, there were different times where the babies were to be killed when Moses was born. You know, they wanted to be so sure that they that they got this leader, supposedly, that was being born into the world, that he had all the children killed who were under the age of two or three or whatever it was. And then again, when Jesus was said to be born, he ordered all the babies two years old and under to be killed. Can you imagine this decree being given and people just going around with swords and killing every baby, you know, ripping them from their mother's arms and killing them. And it was just a horrendous thing. And it's the shedding of innocent blood. It's it's mentioned in other parts of the Bible, the shedding of innocent blood. And God hates that. And so this is another one of those sins unto death that I was questioning the Lord that shows up 
it's mentioned in First John chapter 5, verse 16, that there is a sin not unto death. I say pray for that one. There is a sin unto death. I do not say pray for that one. And that was a puzzling scripture to be in the New Testament to me because I thought all things other than blasphemy of the Holy Ghost were forgivable. So I began to question God about this sin unto death. What is a sin unto death? And then Leviticus chapter 20 and saw actually a list beginning to form of sins that would bring a death sentence upon a person. If they committed that sin, they were to be put to death. That happened in the Old Testament days. They actually killed the people. Now, we don't do that today. You know, when we find somebody in these sins, they're not killed. In fact, I find it very interesting. The nation of America has legalized abortion. Now, I've never been able to really understand if a person had a wreck, let's say somebody was driving drunk and they have a wreck with a pregnant woman driving another car and it kills the mother and the baby. Well, the man is held responsible for the death of two. And yet another woman can voluntarily walk into an abortion clinic and kill her baby and it's legal. Do you see the insanity of that? We as a nation have brought a curse on ourselves by legalizing abortion. And so we'll see further down some uh, consequences that have come about because of that. And so these deaths of these babies, there were the consequence was death. Okay, it not only affects the, the person who has the abortion, but it affects the person who performs the abortion. It affects the people who work in the clinic because they are in agreement. The scripture says, um, let's see, in verse four, it says, and if the people of the land do in any ways hide their eyes from the man when he giveth of his seed unto Moloch and kill him not, then I will set my face against that man and against his family. And I will cut him off and all that go a whoring or committing spiritual adultery by worshiping any other God, but the true God, those that go a whoring after him to commit whoredom with Moloch from among their people. So you see, it's not just the person who commits the actual child sacrifice. No, it's anybody who turns their face from it. You know, there were probably people standing there witnessing. They would almost celebrate these sacrifices. And so there would be people there who would not doing anything to prevent it. So those people would be affected. And not only the person who does it, but their whole family, it says. God will turn his face away from the person and their whole family. So you see, this can have lots of ripple effects that people just do not get. Also, as we discussed last night with these sins unto death and bringing a death sentence on yourself by doing these things, it may not be a literal physical death. As I said, we don't stone people to death, but it could work out as an incurable disease, or it could be that that person ends up being murdered or killed in a car wreck, or maybe everything in their life meets a death, relationships, maybe the marriage died, maybe their opportunities died. There were many things that ended abruptly, which is what an abortion is. It is life ended abruptly. So there can be things working out in a person's life that end abruptly all the time. There was a man at Lake Hamilton one time 
there were several of us that were praying for people when they came up and this man came up and he was really in distress because he he knew that God had given him a ministry that God wanted him to do. He knew it without a doubt. God had already showed him. He had tried to get it into motion several times of the course of maybe 10 years. But every time things would be almost ready, something would happen that would end it abruptly. And he was frustrated by that. And he didn't understand why it kept happening. So while he is standing there, of course, you're praying for words of knowledge, words of wisdom, discerning of spirits. And the three of us are standing there hearing what the man is saying. And none of us are getting anything. And this was the first morning at Lake Hamilton. We meet at six o'clock in the morning and pray for people one-on-one. Individual prayer for that person. But there may be several of us praying for that person. But anyway, none of us were getting anything. And that's frustrating, too, because, you know, those the people are there for help and you got nothing. And so I told him, I said, listen, it's only Friday. We have Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So don't be discouraged. You come back tomorrow and let's see. And I had prayed about this man before I went to bed that night. I was like, Lord, what is his deal? What is this that's causing this things to end abruptly over and over and over again? Well, that morning when I was waking out of sleep, I hadn't opened my eyes yet. There was that man's face. I saw it as clear as if someone held a picture up in front of me. And it kind of startled me. And I was like, what are you doing here? You know, and and I heard God say, he has the spirit of abortion working in his life. So the next morning he comes. I said, you know what? You know, I told you that we were going to ask God. And this morning I got an answer. And I just need to tell you what God said. God said that you have a spirit of abortion working in your life. And his reaction was as if I had thrown a glass of cold water in his face. Just looked absolutely shocked and horrified. And I said, that doesn't mean that you necessarily have been involved in abortion. It could be a familiar spirit from your bloodline. And he said, no, no, my wife and I had three little boys, one after another, and she got pregnant again, and she just couldn't handle it. And and frankly, I didn't know how we were going to handle it either. And we made the choice to have an abortion. Now, I don't know how many years ago that had been, but there it was, that spirit of abortion. It was part of the death sentence that came into his life as a result of him and his wife aborting this baby. I believe that there are many, many things that are happening in people's lives. Things happen, but we're not connecting the dots. We don't know what it is because we don't really have an understanding of how these things work. We don't connect the dots to where it should be connected. And so that was what was going on with this man. Now, some of this, when I share this, usually it involves my own personal testimony because there are very few things that I teach that haven't been part of my personal testimony. Some of these things are hard to share. Now, I've never had an abortion which was shocking to me when I found out that this spirit was working in my life because, well, I've never had it. I mean, that's all I ever wanted to do was to grow up and get married and have babies. That was my goal in life. And everybody who knew me as a young girl, if there was a baby around, it was going to be parked on my hip. 
I used to, I was the baby of my family, but I used to dream that people would leave a baby on our doorstep because I wanted to be around babies. That's what I loved. But I'm going to share my testimony. This involves my mother, my grandmother, and my great-grandmother and my daughter. So I had questions when I was growing up. All my life, I didn't understand some things. One of them was I didn't understand why I didn't seem to have a close relationship with my mother. I had girlfriends, and they were like best friends with their moms. And I kind of always wanted that, but I didn't know how to make it happen. My mother was an excellent mother. She kept a good house. She kept us clean. She dressed us well. We were always neat. She taught us how to keep our bedrooms clean. I mean, we couldn't leave the house unless our beds were made before school. And she trained us well. And all of the things that were necessary for a mother to do, my mother did. But other than that, I did not have much relationship with my mother. Now, my daddy was, I would say, the more he demonstrated affection more easily and readily than my mother did. You know, to a kid, it the reason doesn't matter. To a child, the reason doesn't matter. All we know is what is and what isn't and the way it affects us as little children. And sometimes we, we make our own decisions about what is. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. I had two older brothers. One was seven years older and one was five years older. And then I came along. And then when I was very young, my mother went to work. Because now she would go to work and somebody would come in and take care of me. There were no daycares at that time. Someone come in and take care of their children or they took their children to their mother's house or whatever. But daycares per se were not the norm in the 50s when I was a little girl. And so my mother had help that came in that cleaned the house and took care of me. And she did some cooking and and I loved her. You know, I loved her. But she wasn't my mother. My mother loved working outside the home. And of course, as a child, you don't know about financial pressures and all of that, which is why my mother went to work. Although I didn't know that. To me, it was just she would rather do that than be with me. My mother seemed to be a non-emotional person. Like I remember one time uh, we were cleaning house. I was probably 12 years old, and my grandmother would come over and visit. She would just drop in. You know, she'd drive in the driveway and honk the horn, and we were busy cleaning house, and that's probably what was frustrating to my mom because now we're going to have to stop everything and visit with her or whatever, and my mother works, so there wasn't a whole lot of time to do that. I remember well her driving up in the driveway and honking, and my mother said, oh, here comes mother. And I was like, well, are you mad at her? An angry tone in her voice, even though she wasn't angry. Now, when I grew up, I was very much the same way when I had children. Then one time my mother shared with me that when she was 14 years old, she was 14. Her mother told her that when she got pregnant with her, she tried to abort her. Now, I'm thinking what mother in her right mind would tell a child that? She probably felt great guilt about that. And so it was a way of getting that off of her chest. If she said it to my mother, then she didn't have to deal with the secret guilty thing anymore. But my mother said it never bothered her that her mother told her that. Now, back in the day, 
you could go to the doctor and the doctor would help you. You know, he would just say, give you a little bit of, he'd give you enough quinine to make you very sick to lose the baby, but not kill you. And I was told later by uh, a retired pediatrician that that was not uncommon back in the day. So this would have been where the spirit of abortion entered into our family with my mother. Now, with her mother, my grandmother was abandoned at birth. She was adopted. Therefore, we can assume that because she was not born into a family that was welcoming her as a new member of the family, but but instead abandoned her and gave her away for adoption, that either she was conceived out of wedlock, which was a shameful thing years ago, and so the woman gave the baby up for adoption. We don't have a clue as to why my grandmother was given up for adoption. There were no records. I think on her birth certificate, it said the name of the father, but the mother was unknown. Now, that was kind of strange, too. So we really don't know the circumstances as to why my grandmother was given up for adoption. So then when I was growing up, there were also questions that I would have about particular thoughts I would have. For instance, goodness, I was probably in my 40s when this happened, but I was sitting out on the swing at our house and we had this little cat. She had jumped up in the swing with me and I was petting her and she was purring and I was just loving on her and I got to looking at her and I thought, you know, she has the tiniest little head. And so I put my hand over her face. Her little head would fit inside my whole hand. While I was marveling at how small her head was and I had my hand over her head, I heard a voice, one quick twist and she'd be dead. Well, I jerked my hands off the cat and I pushed the cat off of my lap. That thought startled me. It scared me. I didn't know where the thought came from. I didn't like having that thought. I would never intentionally hurt anything. So where did this thought come from? I always wondered, where do these thoughts come from? I also had an older brother that seemed to take pleasure in agitating me. Later, he told me it was because I was such a good victim. It didn't take much to get me whining, crying, kicking, screaming. This went on a lot in my the years of my growing up. And I'll tell you what, there was developing in me a murderous rage. If I had been big enough and strong enough, he wouldn't even be here today. I would have killed him. Now, that was in me. Why was that in me? Where did that come from? I didn't want to murder anybody. Yet, when he would agitate me into a rage, if I'd have been strong enough, I would have murdered him and then been really sorry that I murdered him. And he went to the Navy when I was in sixth or seventh grade. So he was out of the house at that time. But I'm telling you, I would have killed him if I could have. Now, I I don't like admitting that, but it's true. Okay, and then there was also a tremendous fear of being killed, especially by stabbing. When I was a little girl, that fear when I would go to bed at night, of course, now my mom and dad slept in a room together. My two brothers slept in a room together, but I was in the room by myself. And so I was afraid being in there by myself. But there was always this fear that somebody was going to come in my room and stab me. 
I don't know where those thoughts came from. There was also a feeling of guilt, even when I hadn't done anything. A false guilt is part of these manifestations. Then there was a time that I suffered depression. I had lived sort of a a, a fantasy life about what marriage was going to be like. And then I got married and it wasn't like that at all. And so it burst my bubble. And that, I believe, was really the beginning of the depression. Then I had a baby and it was that was not at all like I had dreamed it would be either. So there was another disappointment and broken dreams and all that kind of stuff. Well, I ended up with a depression and I mean a bad one, but I never was depressed about being pregnant. There was never a time that I did not want to be pregnant. I loved being pregnant. Okay, so depression, though, goes along with abortion because any woman that's ever had an abortion is depressed. Most of the time because they've done it in secret and nobody, they don't have anybody to share their, their pain with. And then there was a time that I wish I had never been born. And there were death wishes. And see, all of these things go along with the spirit of abortion. Now, I didn't realize that, but I had read a book, or the Lord actually, I was dusting over a book one day that my daughter had asked me to buy. The name of it was called Abortion's Aftermath. This book is for sale at Lake Hamilton Bible Camp. I don't think you can get it in a bookstore. If you're interested in that book, you can order it through Lake Hamilton Bible Camp, the bookstore there. I had seen the book at Frank Hammond's ministry out in Plainview, Texas. It was called the Children's Bread Ministry, and I had gone to a seminar there, and my daughter was with me. She was in high school at the time, and she had known a couple of girls that had had abortions, and she told me that they were really tormented. And so the next time I went out there, she said, Mom, would you pick up that book that we saw, the one on abortion? And I said, yes, I'll pick it up. The book was left there at the house, and I was dusting one day, and I picked up the book, and the Lord said, read this book. And I was like, oh, Lord, I'm not interested in abortion. I don't agree with abortion, and I really don't want to read the book. He said, but you're going to be ministering to women who will have had abortions, and you need the information. Lo and behold, when I began to read this book, it began to answer a lot of these questions that had bothered me over the years. These were manifestations. There, The book has testimony after testimony after testimony after testimony of women who had had abortions and the circumstances around their abortions and the results of what happened in their abortions. One girl talked about having had an abortion uh, when she was 15 years old. Actually, her mother had made her have an abortion. And so, The abortion was done. The girl went on with life. It was this big secret, this big guarded secret. She finished school. She went to college. She got saved. She met a man and fell in love. They got married. Later, they had three children, seemingly very happily married. And one night, her husband left to attend a meeting at church. And while he was gone, she smothered all three of her children. And of course, when the husband came home, he was horrified. The wife was horrified. She didn't even know why she did it, but she did say that she had been hearing voices. This is another manifestation of people who have this spirit working in their life. You hear people say, I'm hearing voices. I'm hearing voices, you know, telling me to do this, telling me to kill, telling me to kill myself, different things like that. 
can come from abortion being in the bloodline. Because when a woman has an abortion, the baby is removed out of her womb. But because the baby is killed before it is removed from the womb, that is a murder. So there is a spirit of murder now housing the woman's womb. It can be the cause of miscarriages, sterility, because that spirit of death is there, killing the seed, killing the egg, killing the fetus. It's death. It's all about death and murder and destruction and end of life. And so this, what happened was this 15-year-old girl, when she had that abortion, that spirit of murder was in her. And so she gets married and I mean, everything, there's no indications, there's no warnings, but that spirit is lying dormant, waiting for an opportune time. Now, this book helped me to understand some things because I remember years and years ago, I don't remember what year it was in, but it was the first case that I recall of being on television and on the news and worldwide and all of that of this woman who had strapped her children into their car seats and then put it in drive and let the car drive into a lake with her babies strapped in the car seat. And the babies died. And she had some story that she told. But in actuality, after the truth was found out, she was not happily married. She had fallen in love with somebody else, and the kids were in the way. So she killed the children so she could be free to go marry this other lover. And so, but if the truth be known, there probably had been abortions in the bloodline somewhere that set it up, and that spirit was lying dormant waiting for an opportune time. And more recently, the woman in Houston several years ago that drowned all five of her children. She went to a mental hospital and she had told them that she heard voices to kill her children. I mean, and this is this is the insanity of it. You know, it, people think just because they hear a voice, they can't they can't discern whether it's the voice of God or the voice of the devil. And I'll tell you, God would never tell a mother to kill her children. And it also explains so many illegitimate babies being born today. And the women who get caught in the pregnancy probably thought about perhaps aborting. You know, you're looking at your options and you think about abortion. And so that spirit can come in. It's a rejection. It's the greatest rejection in the womb that a baby could experience to be even expelled out of the mother's body. So they will have these boyfriends living with them. And so many cases we've heard of where the boyfriend ends up murdering his girlfriend's babies. Of course, there could have been abortion in his family. There's no end to it. This is another one of the cases where you may not connect the dots as to why these men would be murdering these babies. And perhaps there was a relative back generations that did abortions for a living or, you know, in every city, there was the person that they knew that could end a pregnancy. You know, I know a man or it would be a doctor who on his time off would perform abortions. You know, it's very prevalent in witchcraft and in Africa. In the slave days, there were many abortions that took place. It's been in our society and it's it's even more widespread now than it 
than it ever has been. And so it's having a, a huge effect on our country. It's having a huge effect on individuals. And I think it's just ready for the madness to stop around all these spirits of abortion. It also explains why some women who are in terribly abusive relationships stay in relationships. Because deep down, women who have had abortions believe that they deserve to be punished. In a way, it's like I'm getting my just due. And it keeps them from getting out of those situations because deep down they really think that that they they should be killed because of what they've done. And see, that's just another one of those bizarre ways that that sin unto death could be working in a woman's life. I also had huge fears and phobias. Also, I had migraine headaches. That is another manifestation of the abortion spirit. I was told, now my mother didn't have migraines, but my grandmother, her mother had migraines. There were days my mother said we'd come home from school and we all knew we had to be really quiet because mama was sick in bed with a headache. So uh, that is also something else that many of the women in the book that I read, they also suffered migraine headaches. So I begin to connect the dots you know, uh, of all of these things that I saw in myself that were unnatural, even as much as I wanted a baby after I had my baby, he was, he was kind of a fretful baby. He had colic and cried a lot. And, you know, that was hard for me because here I was expecting to have this pleasant little cherub-cheeked, happy, giggly baby. And, and he cried most all the time, which was hard for me to deal with. I can remember when he was little, he had a habit of waking up really early. It didn't matter what time I got up to try to have just, a, you know, just drink a cup of coffee and quiet. He would wake up and I would find myself when he would come on the scene I would just have this feeling of <clears throat> when I would experience that, it was all it was kind of like when I was petting a kitty cat. Why is this feeling here? I don't feel that way toward him. What is this? And it would it would make me feel terrible. Okay? So it, there were just many many things that would cause me to be wondering what in the world this is. And then when I found out about it, it was almost a relief because it's not me. This is a spirit. Thank God. So it was a relief in that I wasn't evil because that's what these spirits would cause me to feel, that I was an evil person that wanted to kill a cat and, and, and murder, you know, and I didn't like that. Okay, so this is part of Satan's plan. He wants to make you feel shameful. He wants you to keep it a secret because never forget that's where he has his greatest power is in the areas of your secret. Whenever you divulge your secret, this is why the word says, confess your faults one to another that you might be healed. I call it spiritual blackmail. He will blackmail you to keep it a secret because then he knows he can have power over you. He wants to isolate you because his ultimate goal is to kill you or have you kill yourself. That's what he, that's his only purpose is to kill, steal, and destroy. So another thing that the spirit of abortion can do is it kills the call of God on your life. My grandmother also had, well, you know, we call it a nervous breakdown, but she had times that she just couldn't deal with things and she would get into the bed and just kind of shut down. 
my grandmother, because she was abandoned at birth, always, always, when I was a little girl, I spent a lot of time with her and we would be in a crowded place. And the fact that she didn't know who she was because she had been given away, she would look around the room and look at all the people and say, I wonder if any of these people could be my brother or sister. And I know that it haunted her. She had, because of that, there was rejection. And so she had insecurities herself. These resentments, rejections, insecurities, she had bitterness because there were unanswered things in her life. And so as a result of that, your your infirmities will start out as a spiritual problem and then work its way out. Anger and resentment, unforgiveness, all those things can cause you to have sicknesses in other parts of your body. The spirit of abortion can also be the root to female cancers. So this is not just a woman thing. It can affect a man in the same way. For every woman who got pregnant that had an abortion, there was a man involved. How does it affect the man? He could be having nightmares. He could be hearing voices. He could be depressed. He could have spirits of murder in him. So this is not just a woman thing. A bad relationship with his father or broken relationships with close male brothers or cousins or a best friend or a dad. Those could be causes of male cancers, testicular cancer, prostate cancers. So in my grandmother's life, she had five children, at least one miscarriage that we know of, five children, 14 grandchildren. And among all of those, three had nervous breakdowns. We have one suicide. All the girls had fibroid tumors or cysts. They all had hysterectomies. Uh, Many of my cousins were not close to their mothers either. And so I know that this spirit has had an effect on many people in our family. There was depression. I wasn't the only one who dealt with depression. There was two that I knew that uh, were childless. We had one uh, death of a newborn out of 14, seven divorces, some more than one, ongoing mental problems with being diagnosed with bipolar or being on anxiety medications. There's been adultery, Uh, There have been premature births. That's another manifestation, premature births, uh, being tormented, substance abuse, addictions, abusive relationships. In my own family, all three of us ended up uh, having sex before we were married. One baby, the one that died, was conceived out of wedlock. My brother later divorced and then remarried and had another child after he remarried. Myself premarital sex only with the man that I married, but still premarital sex. We had three children. I suffered a four-year depression and a near nervous breakdown, ended up going to the psychiatrist, nearly divorced, but God restored our marriage. So we see how Exodus 20 verse 5 is the visiting of the iniquities of the fathers upon the children of the third and the fourth generation. Now, I'll tell you an interesting thing. When My daughter got pregnant out of wedlock. My husband and I were devastated. She herself looked at her options. She was already an adult, so my opinions were not weighed too heavily by her because she was going to do what she wanted to do. But I was glad that she chose not to have an abortion. She moved in with the man that she got pregnant with. 
and moved a good distance away from us so we didn't see her much when she was pregnant we talked with her on the phone but we didn't get to see her much you know we didn't want her to be pregnant either so there came a time that that I realized that even my husband and I needed to repent of the feelings that we had and even to apologize to our daughter for the things that we had felt and uh, the attitudes and everything that surrounded it but one night something very interesting happened While I was asleep, I had a dream, and in the dream, I saw this woman. I had never seen the woman before, and it was a strange dream, but as I was looking at this woman, I realized that I was looking at my grandmother's mother, the one who gave her up for adoption, and I had had this this idea about her that she must have been promiscuous or or whatever. I just had a a bad opinion about her. And when I saw her in this dream, I immediately remember thinking in my mind, Lord, forgive me for wrongly judging her. And she was a godly looking lady. While I was looking at her and marveling what a beautiful woman she was and everything, she morphed. It just got all blurry and wavy. And when that was gone, there I stood. Now I'm looking at myself in the dream. It morphed again, and I was looking at my daughter. I remember waking up out of sleep and just being just so repentant, like, Lord, forgive me for being angry with her. And I was ashamed, and I was sad. And when I got up the next morning, I I called my daughter. As soon as I knew she would be awake, I called her, and I told her about the dream. And I said, Katie, please forgive me forgive me for being angry with you because God showed me in a dream last night that you didn't do anything that I didn't do myself. I just didn't get caught. And she began to cry and there was a healing that took place in that moment. Okay, so then going to stay with her for a week and helping her with the baby. Well, when I got to her house, it's about a nine, nine hour drive to get to where she was and She had just gotten home from the hospital. It was late at night when I got there, and she had just fed the baby. She was nursing. I was proud that she was nursing the baby. So she's sitting on the bed holding the baby. It wouldn't have looked any different if she'd been holding a sack of potatoes. And the little baby was just clawing its little face. It was just, it, it was, listen, it was a disturbing scene. And Katie was crying. And I had brought the movie camera because Mike didn't get to go with me and and I wanted to take pictures, but she would not even look up. And so I put the camera down and she started to sob. And I said, Katie, what is it? And she began to tell me how she said, Mom, you know, when you when you see women have babies on TV and they just can't wait to get their hands on that baby. I said, yeah. She said, I didn't feel that at all. And I still don't feel anything. I don't feel anything. And that was upsetting to her. And it was upsetting to me. And then she went on saying, when I got home from the hospital, I put her in her crib and I was in the living room and I just had this sudden fear strike me that something had happened to her and I ran into her room, but she was okay. And so I went into the kitchen to fix myself a sandwich and I was slicing a tomato to put on my sandwich and I heard a voice. She just was sobbing. I heard a voice say, you could take that knife and go stab her to death. When she said that, I said, all right, all right, I know what this is. 
And I was thanking God in my spirit. Lord, thank you for having me read that book. I knew that this was an unloving spirit, which comes into a woman who's had an abortion and it gets passed down through the bloodline. It's a spirit that causes a woman or a man an unloving spirit that will cause a person not to be able to receive love like they need to, even the love of God, and it keeps them from being able to express love to others like they want to. I broke the bastard curse off the baby, started casting out the spirits of abortion off of that baby, all the familiar spirits, and I want you to know there was an instant visual change in both of them. When I began to pray and cast those demons out, that little baby just folded her little hands up and they went up under her chin and she went sound asleep and was just as peaceful and quiet. It was a miracle right before my very eyes. So in the morning, I noticed that she was holding the baby differently. She would tilt her head and look at her and handle her little ears and rub the hair on her head and pick up her little hands and handle her fingers. And I watched her bond with that baby and fall in love with that baby over the course of that day. You know, without this, this knowledge and the revelation in this book, it makes me wonder just how many of us are under the curse of abortion and don't even know it. So today, um, I pray that many who have heard this message may be able to connect the dots, especially if you have uh, had anything to do with an abortion, even if you've driven somebody to the clinic to have an abortion, if you've loaned them money for an abortion. This thing touches many, many, many people and can be bringing a curse of death into your life and causing you to be cut off in ways that, that you might not even realize. I mean, we don't know even about our ancestors. There's no way we can know what our ancestors have done. Those things are kept hidden. And I'm finding that so many things that are plaguing us as people are from those hidden things that were never revealed in order that we could break those things off of our bloodlines. So that's, I'm going to do that, break those things from from our ancestors. That's going to be the first thing that I do. And then we'll go into um, the manifestations. And I have some uh, prayers of repentance here that we're going to pray. And then we'll go into casting out the spirits and the familiar spirits. Father, I recognize abortion as murder. I acknowledge abortion as murder. One of the seven things you hate the shedding of innocent blood. I'm truly sorry for having an abortion or being a part of assisting in abortions, thinking about having an abortion, agreeing with anyone else having an abortion, for assisting them in any way, whether it was to drive them to the clinic or help them to pay for an abortion or helping to perform an abortion. I ask you to forgive me and I will never have anything to do with abortion again except to oppose it. I ask you to forgive me now for the sin of abortion and murder and all related sins, fornication, incest, rape, adultery, and lying to cover it up and keeping it secret. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I ask you to forgive me. I forgive my ancestors for bringing the spirit of abortion into the bloodline that has had effects on me and my brothers and my sisters and my relatives 
I've just forgive them for the sin of abortion. And now we're going to address the enemy. Satan, I formally break all ties with the sin of abortion and renounce all connection with abortion and any other claims you may have upon me for the sin of abortion, for thinking about abortion, for suggesting abortion to anyone else, assisting in an abortion in any way, no matter how small. I break the soul ties that were formed with the doctor, the nurses, everyone in the clinic, all the instruments used, whoever paid for it, the person I conceived with. I send back their souls and spirits to them right now. And I call back my soul and my spirit to myself, cleansed and sanctified with the blood of Jesus Christ. I take accountability for the sins of my forefathers. And Father, I ask you to go all the way back to Adam and Eve and cleanse my bloodline and the bloodline of my seed and my seed seed and my seed 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 forever in the name of Jesus. Now I command you, you spirit of abortion, death, murder, guilt, sorrow, grief, shame, self-hatred, and all familiar spirits of abortion to go in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Father, I now forgive everyone involved in the abortion. I forgive the father. If you're a man, forgive the mother of the baby for not being a father or a mother to the child. I forgive the doctors and the nurses and everyone involved. I forgive anyone else who has hurt me or abandoned me or betrayed me. I forgive all those I have been bitter against, all those I have hated, and I forgive myself, Lord. And Lord, I ask you to go now to my baby that I killed and tell him or her that I am sorry. Tell them that I'm asking them to forgive me. Forgive me for not trusting you in my time of need, Lord, but for taking things into my own hands, which is idolatry. Forgive me, Lord. Lord, I forgive my mom and dad for not being able to love me the way I needed to be loved. And I ask you to forgive me for judging them instead of honoring them. I thank you for being the loving father that I need. Now, receive forgiveness now. Receive the father's love. I bind and break the power of that unloving spirit that has caused us not to be able to receive your love the way we need to or to give love to others the way we want to. Lord, come now and heal, heal the broken hearts and the wounded spirits around this these abortions. I ask you to heal their memories, all of the memory recall, the flashbacks and the nightmares surrounding the abortions. I ask you to heal their memories now. Let those memories be erased from their minds now. Receive forgiveness now. Receive the Father's love. Now we take accountability for the sins of our forefathers and we forgive them. We ask you to cleanse our bloodlines. And now we break and cancel the curse of abortion off of our bloodline and our seed and our seed seed forever. Now I come against all blocked feelings, the hard heartedness that had to take place in order for the abortion to take place. I bind and break hard heartedness. Go in the name of Jesus. All feelings of being separated from God because of what was done because of the sin of abortion and murder. All feelings of being separated from God, you go. We've repented. We've been forgiven. Having an unexplained resistance to the Holy Spirit, an antichrist spirit that came in 
because we blocked ourselves from God in order to do this murder of abortion. The feelings that nobody loves you because you hated yourself for what you did. I bind that spirit of hate, self-hatred. You go in the name of Jesus. Self-condemnation and the need to be punished. I break that off of you in the name of Jesus Christ. All mental torment, mental torment, go. Voices, hearing voices in your head, having no peace, being troubled and having a tortured conscience. I break those spirits in the name of Jesus Christ and command you to go. Get out of God people now in the name of Jesus. Your power has been broken. You tormenting spirits, I command you to shut up and go. It is under the blood of Jesus Christ now that crimson sin has been cleaned white as snow. I command all unnatural thoughts, you go in the name of Jesus. Unnatural thoughts, thoughts of murder, thoughts of destruction, thoughts of harm in the name of Jesus. Unnatural feelings, the inability to forgive, having resentment and bitterness, you go in the name of Jesus Christ. All emotional torment, emotional torment, no joy, depression, the fear of losing your mind, go in the name of Jesus. We break off mental illness and insanity, you go in the name of Jesus Christ. Having a Jekyll and Hyde tendency, go in the name of Jesus. Jekyll and Hyde, bipolar, schizophrenia, go in the name of Jesus Christ. All surprising hatred, hatred that just pops up for children or for pregnant women or everything that would remind you of the abortion. All surprising hatred. Hatred, even for yourself, go in Jesus' name. Fear of being abandoned, fear of being abandoned, fear of being found out, fear of being exposed, fear of starvation, cutting themselves, and alcohol, all forms of bondage, self destructive behaviors, alcoholism, eating disorders, drug abuse, obesity, cutting, tattooing, inflicting pain, chronic illnesses, all of these things can be rooted in abortion. I just break those bondages off right now in the name of Jesus. All spirits of bondage and self-destructive behaviors, you go. Alcoholism, I bind that alcoholism and break its power off of you. A false refuge that you run into to numb yourself of the pain, go in the name of Jesus. Eating disorders, running to food for comfort. Drugs to anesthetize yourself from the pain. Go in the name of Jesus. Uh, gluttony and obesity. I bind you and break your power in Jesus' name. Insomnia. I bind the spirit of insomnia. I break your power and I command you to go. All fatigue, go in the name of Jesus. Just having no energy, you go. All fatigue, go in the name of Jesus. I break the curse of nightmares in the name of Jesus Christ. If you have trouble with nightmares, even if it's not connected to abortions, when you lay down at night, you need to bind every tormenting spirit that would come to you to bother your sleep. I break all trouble-ridden relationships, divorce, separations, relationship problems in the name of Jesus and command you to go in Jesus' name. Get out in the name of Jesus. Lurking murderous feelings, always feeling like somebody's tracking you down trying to kill you thoughts of being killed or thoughts of killing yourself or someone else all murder and suicide spirits you go in the name of Jesus I break those suicidal spirits the murdering spirits the fear of being murdered I break all of those spirits off in the name of Jesus Christ I command the spirits to go in the name of Jesus 
all sex problems, sex problems in marriages and misery, misery spirits and frigidity, you go. Guilt-ridden spirits and false guilt, you go in the name of Jesus Christ. Extreme forgetfulness. Some women that have had abortions, after a while, they begin to uh, experience extreme forgetfulness and feelings of being spaced out, you know, just kind of walking around in a daze, confusion and inability to focus. I bind all of those spirits right now and command them to go. Forgetfulness, go. Confusion, go. Inability to focus and and inability to make decisions, you go in the name of Jesus Christ. Not even worthy to live. I command all of those spirits to leave in the name of Jesus Christ. I come against all inability to show love to children, dislike of children, and hatred of children. That's all wrapped up in that unloving spirit. You go in Jesus' name. Go. A false love of children. I just bind all those spirits of bondage to go in the name of Jesus. Miscarriages, stillbirth, sudden infant death syndrome, sterility, infertility. Go in the name of Jesus. All those spirits that go along with that, go in Jesus' name. The familiar spirits of abortion, go in the name of Jesus. Now I command all grief and sorrow and sadness, go during the abortion and after the abortion. I break the spirits of grief and sorrow and sadness. You go in the name of Jesus. Multiple marriages and multiple divorces go in Jesus' name. All adultery and infidelity, fornication and whoredom go in the name of Jesus Christ. And I loose you from the chains of bondage to live the life that God created you to live without guilt, without shame, without without self-hatred and condemnation. You go in the name of Jesus. Now, I, I, I bind all cancers caused by abortions, breast cancers, uterine cancers, cervical cancers, ovarian cancer, all women cancers go. And in men, I break cancers off men. We speak destruction to you now and command you to go in Jesus' name. All of those spirits that cause you to feel like you don't even deserve to live, I command you to go in Jesus' name. Uh, Spirits of infirmity, just having one sickness after another. Spirits of infirmity, I bind you and break your power and command you to go in the name of Jesus Christ. And I speak healing to your minds, to your bodies, to your emotions, to your spirits in the name of Jesus Christ. I command the spirit of anger and rage, murderous rage, you go in the name of Jesus. And the mean-spirited, just having a mean streak, just wanting to pinch or inflict pain in the name of Jesus, you go. I command you to cease and desist now in Jesus' name. The ugly spirit, you feel ugly and therefore you act ugly because of what you've done. You couldn't possibly feel good about yourself ever again. That's a lie from the enemy. And I command that lying spirit to shut up and go. The tormenting spirits to shut up and go in the name of Jesus Christ. If you're having manifestations, if you're coughing stuff up, don't be alarmed if there's blood in it. Because in the Bible, it was like an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. The shedding of blood requires the shedding of blood. If you're coughing up blood, praise the Lord that you are, you're paying with blood for the blood that was shed. In the name of Jesus, don't let it scare you. Just let it, just let it happen. Now, Holy Spirit. Father, right now, I just pray that what we have begun tonight will continue until it's ended. Don't be surprised if it continues during the night, if it continues tomorrow. 
just let it happen. Just say yes. Be in agreement with God and what he's doing. Now, Holy Spirit, we ask you to come and fill up these vacancies. We break the evil soul ties between the mothers and the daddies and the babies. Because as long as that soul tie is there, all of these spirits will stay there. So we break the soul tie between the mother and the daddy of the baby and the baby that was aborted. And we just speak healing right now. We speak healing to the mother's womb. We speak healing to her mind and her emotions. The same for the man. We speak healing to his broken heart and wounded spirit over the the abortion. Sometimes the woman goes and has the baby aborted and the man didn't want the baby to be aborted. Sometimes the woman doesn't want to abort the baby, but the man forces her to abort the baby. There's so many scenarios around this. I just pray right now, Lord, that you would touch and heal every woman that's had an abortion, touch and heal every man that's uh, been a part of abortion. We command all those spirits to go. We close every door and we seal it with the shed blood of Jesus Christ that there's a no vacancy sign. They cannot come anymore. Don't let the enemy come back and torment you anymore about it. When we give something to God and the tormentors come, you just need to tell them, you just go talk to God about it and command them to go. Lord, restore to them the joy of their salvation. I thank you that you carried all the grief and the sorrow for this. You've already paid the price. And I ask that every person be able to receive your grace, your mercy, your forgiveness, your love. I lose the spirit of adoption upon every person. And I I lose a father's blessing to rest upon you, to rest upon you tonight like you've never felt it before. Lord, let the chains of the bondage that they have been bound with be broken and fall to the ground tonight. Once and for all, we thank you for that, Father. I bind every spirit of backlash and retaliation in the name of Jesus Christ. I cover each person with the blood of Jesus, and I call the mighty angels to stand around them shoulder to shoulder that no evil penetrate. I speak a deep and restful sleep upon them tonight. Lord, a rest and a peace and a sleep and a refreshing that they will wake up tomorrow and they won't even believe how wonderful they feel after being freed from these demons. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. What an incredible, powerful show. This was a powerful deliverance, and I want to hear from you, but we are out of time, so reach out to us, SheilaZelinski.com. We want to hear from you. There's going to be some powerful testimonies come in. And I've got all Carla's information linked in the description below. Please do share the program and we'll see you real soon. Good night and God bless you.